0: 2020 is going to be a very different matter, I believe. So whilst many of those issues are consistent, um, actually there's going to be much more acute dynamics to how these are implemented. Um, So for example, starting again on this side and working um, clockwise, um, suddenly the indoor environment, the quality of the indoor spaces is going to become a key differentiator in terms of sustainable value, or value really, rather than sustainable value. issues such as EPCs, we can imagine that people will only buy properties that are rated A or maybe B on the EPCs. Think about the, uh, the energy labelling of, of washing machines and dishwashers and all the rest of it, you, know, you just don't buy anything other than an A or A plus or A plus plus rated machine these days. So you can see the effect the labelling can have, and whilst buildings are a bit slower to respond, um, it's quite possible by 2020, I propose, that, um, that, that we could be making really big decisions on these sorts of factors, and the market will be supplying these sorts of buildings as a result. Um, CRC, the carbon reduction commitment, again, um, has, has increased from 12 to £16 pounds a tonne and it's really material in terms of our investment decisions. So, in terms of the developing projects, sites, regen, whatever it is, um, we're actually having to factor that into our, into our infrastructure investment decisions in particular. Um, we believe that, that fossil fuel vehicles will be completely absent uh, from city centres by this time. Um, Either the uh, petrol and diesel cars have been banned entirely or everybody's got an electric car. It's happening very quickly at the moment. Um, This year, in a year's time, we'll probably have a choice of 10 or 15 fully electric cars to choose from that actually makes sense to buy. So that might be something that's happening. And how does that change our urban planning policy? Suddenly you can naturally ventilate buildings that you couldn't do before. a new code for sustainable buildings is possible. Um, it's under consultation at the moment, in fact. When I originally wrote this slide, it was, uh, it was just an idea that we created at the UK Green Building Council, but now it looks like uh, non-domestic buildings are gonna be zero carbon and that there's gonna be some sort of code um, that, that DCLG will put forward to, to manage that process. Um, so we'll be responding to that. Um, one of the key points I wanted to make, that electricity could be distributed and heating centralized. Um, at the moment, we've all got our heating in our houses, um, and the electricity is all, all supplied from centralised power station. Um, I'm sure you've heard a lot about decentralised energy. Fine, but it's really uh, actually centralising the heat a little bit more to community energy centres, um, and then decentralising the big electric, um, power stations producing electricity and, and creating electricity at the building level. So there's quite an interesting dynamic in how that's working out. It's not all about creating community-based energy centres that do combine heating and power from biomass fuels, you which know, seems to be the, it's the stock solution at the moment. Um, there's definitely some interesting dynamics. And Commercial buildings will require operational performance um, controls. Um, energy prices are, are 30% higher and rising from where they were, and we all realise that they're not necessarily fluctuating, they're just going up uh, with a few blips. Um, and also existing buildings, the stuff that's there already, uh, is on a, on a trajectory where it needs to converge with the performance of new buildings, requiring a radical investment curve. Uh, building regulations will be zero carbon for all buildings, for all new buildings by then, of course, as per the current commitment.